Okay, we've been following this little series called Yes, and uh, this morning we're just going to push just a little bit further into that invitation of the Holy Spirit when the Holy Spirit said to, uh, said to me at the start of the year, will I still give Jesus my yes at the start of another year? And so there's an invitation. We're just kind of exploring what the, the life of saying yes kind of means. And so this morning we're going to pick up on this theme of yes, we pray. Now, don't check out for anyone here that may feel like, um, oh, I'm not a prayer. Just nudge that one to the curb or um, put it in its cage where it belongs and just let the Holy Spirit reshape some conversation there for you, all right, with regards to prayer. Because um, unfortunately, prayer is one of those things that gets tainted, coated, uh, and um, by all sorts of models and illustrations where people dis- disqualify themselves, when what prayer is, is simply an invitation from God into his presence. That, that's it. That's what prayer is. Prayer is an invitation from God into his presence. So Holy Spirit, as we spend some time together just exploring this this morning, we ask that the presence of God would be made known to us and shape our lives. You know, one of the greatest privileges that we have as followers and disciples of Jesus is being able to be with each other in our various moments where we need some help and where we can pray with each other and for each other. Um, you know, one of the things that's an incredible privilege is to sit with people and to listen to their story and realise that, you know, in and of myself or in and of ourselves, we don't have the capacity and the, and the um, ability to be able to nudge, shape or um, have the, the, to make things control to make things different for them. But what we do as followers of Jesus is we have the Lordship of Jesus Christ living within us. And as in those moments, we're invited to help people connect with Jesus, with his loving presence, with his power for their well-being. So um, next slide, thanks, Jake. Remember um, Ash Barty, uh, we, we, at the start of the year, you know, it's like starts with a yes, usually when we're little, and there's a whole bunch of young lives here today who are sent, saying, like Ash Barty did way back, a, a simple little yes. And Hannah's testimony is, is um, illustration of that. What a wonderful illustration of when she was just four years of old, she, age, she said yes to the presence of God coming over her life. And then what, later when she was 11, she said yes again when she got baptised and then, and so on and so on and so on. And here she is today serving your children, our, our church family, as someone who has said yes to Jesus. And I won't divulge her age to you right now, but it's a little more than 11. But anyways, it's the story. You know, at the start of this year, God's asking us, will we say yes again to him? Knowing that he has a a discipleship experience for all of us this year. Uh, Next slide. Thanks, Jake. Um, During 
these are some of the key questions we've been asking ourselves as we're going to navigate this year, the tough stuff and the great stuff. And um, some of the, um, you may remember in the first message, what was our hashtag in the first message? Don't be a mule. All right, don't be a mule. King David's words. Uh, Hashtag in the second message. What was that? Yeah, both end. Okay, so hashtag don't be a dumb builder. And at the same time, the flip side of that coin is be a smart builder. You know, Jesus used the parable. Hey, why do you call me Lord Not do and then not do what I say? It's a bit like, you know, a person building a house on sand and the storm comes and it gets washed, the house gets washed away. Or you can be like the person who builds, listens to what I says, puts those words into work in their life and it's a bit like building on a rock. Storms are still going to come, but you'll be able to navigate that experience in a founded, solid position. And Jesus is saying, you can either be a dumb builder or a smart builder. And he's literally saying that to the audience. It's up, it's up to you. It's really your call. But Jesus is inviting you to being a smart builder. Uh, and we just looked at some of these things about softening our heart, yielding to his will. When we're saying Jesus is Lord, we're saying, hey, I'm going to soften my heart. I'm going to yield to your will and I'm going to do what you say. Because you're wise, you're for me, you're full of wisdom and guidance and truth for my life to help me figure out the circumstances I'm in. And so I'm going to give myself over to that. So my question to you this morning is, even before we get into the, the, the sort of the nuts and bolts of the pray thing, is, is did you do that this week? Did we do that this week? Did we soften our heart to God? Did we take the time to listen to what he had to say for the things that we're trying to navigate every day? And did we apply the wisdom that Jesus spoke to us or did we walk away from that and we're still frustrated with why things are the way they are? Did you soften? Did you listen? Did you do what Jesus said? This is called being a follower of the king discipleship and then last week we spoke about you know choose your yoke which yoke do you want we talked about the nature of freedom that Paul talks in the letter to the Galatians and and Paul says you can either be a a slave and under the yoke of the 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 um the work of the law and good you know self-improvement and all of that yahoo to try and measure yourself to make yourself acceptable to God and to each other or You can choose the yoke of King Jesus, where Paul, at the same time, he actually says, well, I'm actually a slave to Christ. And what he's meaning is he's taking Jesus at his word when Jesus says in the Gospels, hey, my burden is light. Take my yoke upon you. So the the question is, which yoke do you want for the year? Do you want a yoke of slavery to performance and sin management and the law? Or do you want a, a yoke of King Jesus over your life, where his burden is light? That's that's the question. Again, what will you do when you hear this stuff? Will will we soften our heart? Will Will we actually not just hear that as a series of words over there, but will we listen intently like a student, like one wanting to be taught by God, and work those words into our life and then action that? 
with the help of the Holy Spirit, we can do all of that this year. We can do all of that this year. And lastly, you know, it's a, it's a journey not for the, not for the, um, not for the proud. <laughs> this is a big journey for the humble, which is like, God, thank you that you love me enough to be patient with me, to, to, to love me, to continue to not give up on me, to be gracious towards me. Thank you that you've put me amongst a community of faith that was graced by your Holy Spirit, will remind me and prophesy to me who you say that I am, the things that you've spoken into my life since I was a child and that we've tried to serve and steward and see it come to life in these children as they grow up. It's like, you know, um, it's, it's not a journey for the proud. It is a journey for the humble, for the humble. But today we're talking about prayer. If we can, if we can go to the next um, slide, thanks, Jake. Uh, just a little quote here from John Wimber. You know, in circumstance, we often look for power to shift things, to make make spiritual breakthrough or we look you know we think the answer is power now jesus says you know we will be anointed with the holy spirit and power true but we're not we're not calling out to god in our moment of need for an attribute we don't have a relationship with an attribute of god we we actually want to be in relationship with the person of the Lord Jesus Christ who brings us alive to God. We are in relationship with Jesus, not the attributes of Jesus. So when we're talking about prayer to shift or change things, I think Wimber said it really well. He says, we don't seek God's power, we seek his presence. Because his, his power and everything we need, it's always found in his presence. It's being intimately engaged with the living God. Communing, communicating, being yielded, given over to, inquiring of, listening to. He's your, as Jesus would say in Matthew 6, Jesus says, he's your heavenly father unlike any other. Prayer is fundamental, a part of our connection with God. It's God's reassuring presence. When we stop, we inquire, we listen. A, a really basic definition of prayer is talking with God. Not at, not to, with with God, talking with God. Um, the next one, thanks, Isaac. Uh, thanks, Jake. Um, C.S. Lewis says it like this. He says, I pray because I can't help myself. I pray because I'm helpless. I pray because the need flows out of me all the time, waking and sleeping. It doesn't change God, it changes me. So there's something, there's something about this activity that when we talk with God, 
the deep internal things that we spend a lot of time worrying over, seeking help for and hoping would change somehow, the stuff that weighs on us when we try and sleep at night and anxiety keeps our mind running and our emotions lit up and so our body can't rest, it's that deep internal stuff that somehow is saying, help God, help And it's there in that place that we meet with him. It flows from us all the time. And I love that simple little quote there from C.S. Lewis. Why don't we, um, over the last few weeks, we've been praying this little prayer together. And I'm going to invite, can we go to the next slide? Thanks, uh, Jake. And we're we're just going to all stand and pray this together. We we pray this every week together. And we're just going to continue to do that for a little while. Now, it's it's not something that's rote. It's not like you have to learn the words and make sure that you can you know, write it down in a test. You're not going to get tested on this. This is a, this is a posture of our heart with simple words. So let's stand and pray together. Let's pray. Jesus, in this new season, I invite you to shape my life and set the direction of my year. I listen to your word. I long to imitate your works and I welcome your spirit as I fix my eyes on you. Amen. Thanks. Take a seat. Just in a little reflection on the last 12 months, I want to say on behalf of Nicole and I, we want to say thank you to the many, many wonderful people who are part of the life of Pine Rivers Vineyard Church, this community of God that's learning to live under the reign of King Jesus in the power of his Holy Spirit. Joseph Hellerman in his book wrote, in his book called When the Church Was a Family, Rediscovering Jesus' Radical Vision of the Church as a Family, he makes these four characteristic observations about the life of Jesus' people in the Bible. One, they shared their stuff, their material things. Two, they shared their hearts and their emotional um, aptitude with each other. They stayed the distance with each other and and embraced the difficult moments to grow up together with one another. And they fourthly realized being a part of God's family is not about finding a place to meet my needs. It's about discovering that we are walking together as the people of God in the earth. Nicole and I want to say thank you, Pine Rivers Vineyard, for sharing your stuff over the last 12 months. And as we start another year, we invite you to that again. Share your stuff with each other. We thank you for sharing your heart with one another. We thank you for sharing your time with one another. We thank you for choosing to stay and embrace one another, even in the difficult moments when you can't actually stand being near one another. Well done. Your life is telling another story to the world by being a part of God's fellowship of believers. And thank you for realising and coming into the understanding that you are a part of walking God's greater purpose in the Pine Rivers region, the Moreton Bay Shire, this state of Queensland and this nation of Australia, not as a, you know, as if we were walking through a self-select buffet and making it all about my needs, my base needs, but you're realising you're walking together as God's people for the sake of the world.
Nicole and I love you and we're grateful for your presence and your contribution to the life of God here. PRV, you are a very unique local church and you may not realise it, but I want to take time to just underline that and say you, we together, fulfil a specific place and purpose in the heart of God for his kingdom here in this town and not only in this town but in this nation and well beyond that you may not be aware of. Yes, we're a motley bunch. Yes, we are the place that where everyone else feels like they have no home calls home. This is who we are. We are deeply loved by God and that's why every Sunday when you walk out of the door you may not realize it but I invite you to begin to do what the football players do as they come out of the dressing room every time and onto the field and they usually walk out of their dressing rooms and somewhere if it's their home ground they have a little sign over a over a doorway or something about the team or its team logo or its team image and they walk out and they hit it on the way out or if they're an Australian cricket player or soccer player, football player, what they do is when they walk onto the field, there's usually a, a flag there and they walk past the flag and they grab the flag before they go onto the field for the great contest that they're about to be a part of. You may not realise it, but there's one of those here, here at Pine Rivers Vineyard that hangs there and has been hanging there for some 20-something years in this building. Every Sunday, I invite you, when you leave, look up as you walk out and don't forget that his banner over us is love it's often that jesus would say he commissioned his disciples to go proclaim the kingdom of the of god the message of the kingdom of god is at hand and then he says heal the sick now he doesn't say pray for the sick prayer we've we've kind of taken prayer for the sick to mean i need to somehow uh, you know, I don't know, beg or ask when we've already been commissioned and authorised. Hello? Jesus commissions and authorises his people to go into all the world and make people that do what Jesus does and how Jesus does it and the way he thinks. And Jesus did it knowing that he was authorised by his Father, and, in, and anointed by the Spirit, even at his baptism. You're all anointed by the Holy Spirit. Every single one of you. You are all anointed by the Holy Spirit. Pray boldly this year. Turn up into those circumstances where your first thought is, Oh God, how on earth is this going to be different? But now that I'm here, I'm here with you. Proclaim the kingdom of God into that circumstance. The Father welcomes us to be the ones who do his work in the earth. God won't reject your request, but he may answer them in a means, in a way that you have not planned or imagined. Ephesians 3.10 reads, God's intent is that now through the Jesus people, the church, the ecclesia, the wisdom of God that is so manifold and multi-layered and, and dynamic should be made known to all of the powers and the authorities, both in the heavenly realms, according to his eternal purposes, which he accomplished through Jesus our Lord. Yes, Lord. 
and in him and through him, through faith in him, we may approach God with freedom and confidence. It's a biblical encouragement of God, inspired by the Holy Spirit. Paul wrote down, hey, when you rock up to the Father, come knowing that you're free and come confidently. Come confident. You don't have to beg from your Father in heaven. Just come with confidence. Matthew 7, 7 to 8. Ask and it will be given you. Seek and you'll find. Knock, the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. For he who seeks finds and him who knocks, the door will be opened to you. Don't be afraid to ask. Acts 4, 29 to 30. The early church. They were under pressure because they were now making that proclamation we spoke of a few weeks ago that Jesus is the Lord. In other words, they'd shifted their allegiance from Caesar to Christ. And in the process of that, they put their lives in danger and became known as the pagans of this world because they no longer worshipped Caesar. And this was their prayer when they would get together. Anointed by the Spirit, they would say, Now, Lord, consider their threats and enable us to speak your word with great boldness. Stretch out your hand and perform many great signs and wonders through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. Great prayer. Next slide. Thanks, Jake. Pray for each other this year. Don't pray on each other. Pray for each other. Pray for each other this year. James 5.16 reads, Therefore confess your sins to each other and pray for each other that you might be healed. Intercede and pray for each other. Often we'll say, but I don't know what to pray for them. The Holy Spirit does. He knows what to pray. Romans 8.27 reads, We don't know what we ought to pray. But Paul says, the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groans that words cannot express. And he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes for the saints in accordance with God's will. In other words, lean into your relationship with the Holy Spirit. He knows what to pray. Often it starts with a feeling. Often it starts with a random thought or a picture. Lean into that. Inquire of that. Ask God. But this year as in your life, when you say yes to Jesus and yes to prayer, pray for, not pray on. No praying on others with your expectations and start casting your cares and your family of origin issues onto people. Cast them on to Jesus. Cast them on to Jesus. No more seeking to have control and manipulation over other people's lives and their responses to you and to me. Even, let them respond how they're going to respond. We will just be courageous and graceful enough to know who our Father says we are and love them in response from God. No more making others pay for our own unhappiness. No more making others pay for our unwillingness to address our own broken and harmful and shameful ways. Stop making other people pay because when you do that, you're preying on them. They're not your answer. You've got to bring all that stuff humbly to the king and let him set you free. 
No more making the church your scapegoat for your pain. We're all hurting. We're all wounded. We're all bruised. That's what makes us a miracle that by the Spirit of God, He would draw together a people who are no longer offended by each other's brokenness, but we're captured by the beauty of Jesus alive in each other, that with the grace of God, we see in each other and go, oh God, what a wonderful work you've done there. Do that in me too. Don't make the church your scapegoat this year for your pain. And no more choosing isolation as a way to somehow validate the means of your brokenness. God calls all people by the power of his spirit through Christ into the fellowship of believers. Next slide, thanks, Jake. Pray for forgiveness and pray to forgive and do it a lot. It's in that great prayer that Jesus said to pray. We're all prone to bitterness. We're all prone to being a bit jealous and envious and even a bit cranky at each other. But to remain free and alive to God, ask for forgiveness and ask for it often. With that same sense of boldness and confidence, rock up to the Father time and time again. Forgive me, Lord, and help me to forgive them. Pray to forgive People do hurt. People do offend. People do judge. That's what people do because they're broken. And we, though, have been called to a new life in Christ, a new creation, resurrected life. Remember when you you got in the tank? Uh, Hannah was talking about this morning, baptism. Remember when you got in the tank, when you got baptized? Remember when you went under the water? You were saying that I am telling the world outside me by this physical demonstration that in here, in my life, my heart, my mind, my spirit, God has taken that old rubbish of my life. I am burying it with him even as Jesus was buried. And by faith, by this gracious gift of God, by faith, I am choosing now to partner with the resurrection of Jesus Christ in my life to make me a new being. I have been baptized and I rise even as Jesus rose from the dead to a new way of life. Now that new way of life, it's a new way. Hello? We haven't often walked that way because it's new. You are a new creation. But every day the mercy of God is at our door as the psalmist would say, new every day. New mercy. If you feel like you need to in Jesus, ask for forgiveness once again and go through that journey in your life with him. Do it. Do it daily. Here I am, Lord. I identify with your work in my life once again. To be a Christian, um, C.S. Lewis says it like this. He says, to be a Christian means to forgive the inexcusable because God has forgiven the inexcusable in me. Wow. 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 Whoa. And lastly, last, last prayer. Thanks. Uh, uh, next slide. Thanks, uh, Jake. Pray for people to meet Jesus this year. Pray for people to meet Jesus. Paul wrote to Timothy, who was a young planter of churches, and he said, mate, 
get busy praying. He says in Timothy, 1 Timothy 2, 1 to 4, he says, First of all, I urge you, um, I urge that supplications and prayers and intercessions and thanksgiving be made for all people. That means all people. Not just the beautiful, all the ones we like, all the ones that we only just want to have capacity for that person and not that person. No, no. Allow the work of the Spirit to work in us that we might be a people given for all people, for kings, in other words, people who have places of authority and in high positions, that we might lead a peaceful and quiet life, godly and dignified in every way. And this is good and it's pleasing in the sight of God our Saviour who desires who desires, the desire of God is that all people would be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth of him. If you're going to pray this year, pray for all people. In other words, everyone that crosses your path and even the guys or, you know, pea plater that drives past you and cuts you off. Pray, pray, pray. Pray for them. Pray for them that God, they would know God. This year, it's our heart that every single one of us would be given an opportunity and a moment and multiple ones to invite people to know Jesus. Pray like that because that's the desire of the heart of God that everyone would come to a saving experience of King Jesus. Let's finish. Last slide, thanks, Jake. As we begin this year and we look to the heart of God for all that he's doing and he's going to bring, as we give him our yes, let's also say, yep, I pray, I talk with God. And my prayer is simple. I want his kingdom to come. I want to grow in confidence and boldness, even knowing that my circumstances may be pressing or difficult. I'm going to pray for people and not pray on people this year. I'm going to ask that God give me forgiveness and I extend it to others and that others would extend it to me. And I'm going to pray that people are saved and they come to meet Jesus. PRV. This is our life of prayer together. This is our life of prayer together as we start another year. So let's, let's stand and pray. Heavenly Father, we give you thanks for all that you're doing in the room this morning, especially with regards to the children and the young people. We give you thanks, but we also give you thanks for the grace of your spirit that's drawing us deeper and deeper and deeper into the life of saying yes to your love, yes to your kingdom, yes to your lordship in our life. Holy Spirit, I thank you for the, just those very significant, unique individual conversations that you're having with every heart and mind in this room right now. Yes. God is speaking with us all, even you.
more, Lord.